Welcome to the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific podcast. Today I'm in the city of Latoka, Fiji, with a special guest called Mary. Uh, great to have you here today, Mary. Oh, thank you for having me, Letitia. Now, I've known you for a little while and I heard your story a couple of months ago and was just so inspired. Not that your story is a good one, but it's how you've walked out of it. And um, a lot of people in Fiji are aware that there's a big issue in Fiji with um, affairs. It's even come out this week um, with the Methodist Church that um, reports from pastors' wives that their, par- their husbands are having affairs. And then I seem to come across so many women whose husbands or boyfriends are cheating on them. I actually got to the point where I thought, is this country one big brothel? <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, anyway, but we're not going to focus on that side of your story because that is part of your story. But I want to focus on how you've recovered um, because I think that's really important. But just briefly, more or less, basically, your husband left you within a week. There were no signs, no fighting, no ultimatums. How did that leave you feeling? I was shattered. And um, because I didn't see it coming, there was no preparation. There was no preparation financially or mentally or emotionally. There was no thought process. It just came really suddenly and, and I was left devastated. You mean you talked about having a crushed heart. How do you explain that? What does that feel like? Well, I felt like I was ashes. There was, there was nothing... There's nothing left of me and and not just it wasn't just my heart that was broken. I think in so many ways my mind was crushed as well. I couldn't make sense of things and just the pain and the grief was just overwhelming. Did you feel like there was ever gonna be hope again or that you your life could recover or did you think this was the end? Yes, I thought that was the end. It was the end of everything that I had dreamt of, dreamt of, and it was the, the end of my future as I saw it. Um, I could not actually imagine a future in front of that. Yeah. yeah, no, and I think that's how so many people I've talked to feel, especially when um, you've, you'd been married quite some time. So, you know, this wasn't a six-month dating. <laughs> um, there were children in the picture. Um, and so, yeah, I can't imagine. So, how long did it take until you began to see a little bit of glimmer of light? Um, that first year, I was just completely shattered. Um, and I really had to work on my finances. I had to work on just being there as a mom for my children. And it was that first year, I just put one foot in front of the other. And it was just about survival, just mentally, emotionally, just getting through one day at a time. Um, It was the following year, so the second year, that I started to make some sense of it and started to have a bit of hope and move forward from there. That's a long time, a whole year. (laughs) I could handle maybe a month, a long year. So it was basically just day by day. Um, Now, you're a Christian, you have a relationship with Jesus. What role did that play? It was everything. It was everything. So the first year, um, being as shattered as I was, I would, um, because I just, it was just me and my kids that year, and, and it still is, 
but I had to do whatever I could to help my children heal and I couldn't let them see me fall apart and, and, and I was so shattered. I would go to the bathroom and just turn on the shower and just cry because all I felt was grief and, and I would pray and not, there was no fancy prayers. There was just, Jesus help me and just asking for, for strength to get through that day, just one day and, and that's it. And then the next day, the same thing, just asking Jesus to help me just today, just so I could get my kids to school, I could cook dinner, I could work, and just day after day, and that's it. Yeah, I think it is. You've just got to choose to get out of bed, <laughs> which you did, because some people don't. And uh, in Australia, if they don't, then their kids get taken off them after a while, because <laughs> they're not looking after them. Um yeah, no, that's profound, day by day. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned the financial situation because suddenly uh, the, the breadwinner is not in the house. So what did you do to um, earn finances? Um, so I was a stay-at-home mom at that point um, when my marriage broke up. And there was the question of would I get custody of my children because... The dad still loved them, and he still wanted them. And the question was, would, if I had custody of my children, would I be able to provide for them, having had stayed home for so long? And so within the same week that my marriage ended, I went and registered a business because I would do anything to have my kids. And if I had to prove in court that I could take care of them, then I was going to get up and do it. Um, even if I was going to crawl to the court, and, and so I did. So I went and registered my business and I started what is now a thriving business from there, right in the middle of my brokenness. Yeah, I find that um, amazing. You know, you, you are trying to take day by day broken heart, but I guess it's the drive of the children. If, if you didn't have the children, would, would that drive have been there? No, I would have just curled up and died probably. It would have been easier. <laughs> yeah, I was just in a lot of pain and just... My kids, my kids, just seeing them and wanting, still wanting what is best for them is what drove me to get out of bed every day and, and do whatever I could to, to make sure that I could have them. Did you receive any counselling or professional help or, you know, people around you or was it just you and God? Um, no, I, I had people around me. I, I am so grateful for the women that God sent in that season, and they just walked into my life. There were there were some that were there um, for many years before that um, who had just journeyed with me, and there were some women who just walked in that week, and, and they journeyed with me throughout that year, and they just loved me, and they supported me, and they just listened to me, and, and they were there even just to take me grocery shopping because I, I'd fall apart in the supermarket. Um, so they were there. They'd just hold my hand, and, and I was well supported emotionally there. Yeah. So how can, because we don't always do that well, um, and sometimes if your friend has a major life issue like this, other friends back off because they're not sure or they've got their own stuff they're trying to deal with. How, what would you say to friends <laughs> of friends who are going through big life issues? What, is, what was the thing that you really needed? Not advice so much. I needed someone just to be there. Yeah. And I had someone, one of my bestest girlfriends, who would just show up and she'd sit on my couch and she would just let me talk and cry. 
and she'd ask me, do you need something from the supermarket? And, and that's what I needed. I just needed her to be there. And she was there for my children. She was an aunt. Um, she would just take care of them, hang out with them, and, and just love on them. And, and that was everything to me. Yeah. What do you think would be the worst thing someone could do in that time? Is give advice about what to do, unless I ask for it. And, and there were women that came into my life to give me advice. Um, and I asked them for advice of, of what should I do. Um, and they gave me good advice. And what I didn't need at that moment were, were people taking sides because everything's very clear. We didn't need, I didn't need someone saying it's your fault, it's his fault. I just needed someone just to listen and to give biblical advice as I asked. Yeah, it's so important. We're all an expert, aren't we? Um, and, I, and I'd assume that we don't need a lot of religious stuff or read your Bible more or pray. <laughs> the listening and the responding when asked is so important. Um, so, so important. Um, you mentioned something which I've forgotten now, but um, you, you've walked through forgiveness, um, which is hard. You know, you've, you have gone from having a totally broken, crushed heart to, I don't know if I can live, to now, like, you're a free woman. I can see that on your face. How do you walk through forgiveness of someone who's just so brutally betrayed you? Through Jesus. <laughs> um, so during that season, there, there was so much to work through. And it was, it was something that I prayed about every single day was I, I had to forgive, not so much for him, but for me, for my heart. And again, my children were the driving force of that as well, because I did not want them growing up bitter, hating him um, and hating um, his new wife. I, I wanted them to see her and him through Jesus' eyes and that they're human. And that while, you know, our family would not be able to come back together, they were still deserving of forgiveness. And we could not live with a bitter heart. And, and that was the, the beginning, as, as well as God did bring in a woman who spoke truth. Um, she didn't, she loved me. Um, but she was an older woman that I had prayed for, and she told me the truth. She said, this is what the Bible says. And, and so as a kingdom woman, this is what you do, and you forgive. You don't have to go back, and you don't have to you know, be a part of all of that. But forgiveness is something that I had to do as, as a Christian woman, as a believer. Yeah. Was that a one-time decision or something that uh, you've just had to remind, just choose, really? Yes, it was a choice. It was, it was a decision I made that I was going to work on forgiving him. Um, it was something I really wanted and God had placed on my heart to, to work on. Um, it was not something that I did superficially because there were many opportunities to unforgive. Um, and so it was an active decision I had to make over and over for many years after that. Every time there was a situation, I had to go back and say, I'm going to choose to forgive him. Um, it didn't mean that I, I, I took things lying down. I said what I had to say, but it was, I was not going to carry it in my heart. And I needed my freedom and I wanted to see my children free and loving freely and not carrying these burdens as they grew up. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you ever blame yourself for what happens, you know, um, when, when you look back on the... I mean, there's probably nothing... 
it's hard to wrap your head around what has happened, but do you blame yourself or think if I'd done things different way or shoulda, coulda, woulda, like we always do? <laughs> um, the first few weeks or maybe months, um, I did. I had to process what actually happened and the role that I played in it. Um, but I, I know that I gave a hundred percent into my marriage, and it was not just something that I took lightly. It was my covenant. And when I had said death till death to us apart, I actually meant it. And so, you know, through the years that we were married, I sought counsel. I had the older women who taught me how to be a biblical wife, be a biblical mom. And so I believe I did everything that I could to be that. And to do anything more would have just been not human. So, no, I have no regrets. No. Wow. So for the women who are listening to this, and even men, because... Um Women have affairs too, unfortunately. So um, for, for the ones listening who are going through something similar right now, what piece of advice would you give to them? Focus on your own journey. It's, it's very normal and easy. It's easier to focus on the hurt. It's easy to focus on the other person and what they've done wrong and what they should do and they should not do. Um, but I honestly think that the journey to healing is to focus on yourself, to to work on healing yourself, knowing that you can't change anybody other than yourself um, and allowing Christ to work on you and to use the situation to to be a stronger woman and to be hope for other women, because there's 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 a reason of why it's happened. And while it's it's brutal, but it's not the end. So. My advice is to focus on your own personal journey. Do whatever it takes to grow, to build, pour into your children so that this is not a generational thing. It breaks right here. So your children learn to forgive um, and know that it's not on them as well. Yeah, That's so important because I, um, I meet families where they're they've been destroyed but the children are so bitter because the parents have turned them around against the other one and it just becomes toxic, doesn't it? Um, so that's that's great advice. Um, what are your hopes for the future? <laughs> uh, now, let me ask you this question first. Um, quite often, and I've heard this again, once you've been heartbroken, uh, women will say, I could never trust a man again. <laughs> and I particularly hear young women say, I never want to marry a Fijian man. Um, I hear that a lot, actually. Um, are you at that place or are you so healed that you just trust and that you'd be happy to get married again? I'm healed. <laughs> Fully and thoroughly healed. And, and I would trust again if God brought me a husband. Um, it would be a yes. Yeah. Well, there you go, all the men out there. <laughs> Don't call us, though. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and yes, I asked you your hopes for the future. You're feeling hopeful about what's ahead. Yes, very hopeful. Very, yes. I, I see a, a beautiful future ahead of me. Um, one of the things that happened during that first year was I was praying for my future, for my kids' future, and God gave me a vision of a whiteboard. Um, because like I said, when, when my marriage ended, it was the end of my future as I had seen it. And so God said, it's a new beginning. What are you going to do with it? And my future is led by God, but it's also what I choose it to be, and I choose it to be pretty good. So I'm very excited for me and my kids. Yeah. 
Now that's amazing to go from a broken heart, life-altering issue. I mean, these are huge, hugely traumatic to just finding the freedom. And that really is because of Jesus and what he's done. So thank you, Mary, for your time and your courage. And I just want to say, uh, if anyone's listening and they've got a story or they want to be in touch, you can email me. I'll put my email um, at the top of the post with this, but um, would love to hear from you. And just to know that you're not alone and that there is hope. So we shall see you next week with another exciting interview. Easily, I see your suffering. I see the pain beneath that bull of smile. Come out from hiding. The sun is rising, let the islands hear reason. Let